Welcome back to another episode on Impact Your Evolution with me, Coach Andy James, and I'm joined by my guest today, Dr. Jill Hamilton. This isn't our usual Medfit episode, but we're just having a coffee and a catch-up this morning, and I thought, you know what, we'll, we'll introduce this conversation to everybody else. So I was on the radio last week, and there was a conversation going around with regards to how health is accessible for everybody these days, and how do we go about managing our own health? So the conversation came back where I was in my own head at, the, at that point in time, thinking about what was being said, what was being discussed, and how accessible is health to everybody. My opinion is, and this is the question I'm going to ask Dr. Jill to jump in with as well today, um, is I find that the day, the, the, the day and age that we live in right now is, is making health harder for people to attain, and it's making health more complicated for people to make simple decisions against. The reason why I think that is because of information, access to information, the broad spectrum of what gets posted on social media, but also there's literally something new, a new fad, a new protocol, a new medication, something. There's always something new that's popping up every other week, it seems like. So how is it that we're in a day and age where we have all of this information in front of us? We should be able to be the fittest, the healthiest, the most mindful that we could ever have been but yet we struggle the most at this point in time. And I'm seeing a lack of people taking action to improve their health at this point, rather than the momentum that it should create to help them move forward. So Dr. Jill, in your opinion, and this is all it is, it's just a conversation with a coffee. What's your opinion on it? I think it's a difficult one, um, to be honest. Um, I don't think that you can say that life is um, easier or harder. I think it's just quite different than maybe it was 40 years ago. Um, I think probably there's more information, um, there's more options, there's more decisions that people can make. Um, and I think that probably is some of the issues that is causing problems with, with people's health, health now, um, especially mental health, I would say. Um, I know certainly when I was younger, when I was at school, there were limited options to interact with people. You know, when, you, when you're young, your mum would let you go out and play with your friends or she wouldn't. Now it's not as simple as that. It's, you know, all these different uh, you know, online uh, forums you can get on. There are lots of ways that people can chip away at your self-confidence, which I think ultimately can affect your, your mental health, which can then affect your, your health going forwards. Right. So we touched on the social aspect of things there, which I fully agree with because I see my boy on his phone constantly and I know how easy it is to fall into that world. I think the whole social media side of things as I was growing up, was it was just becoming something with regards to like, I'm going to go back a bit now, but like the old MSN and, and those kinds of things and everybody getting into these chat rooms and forums and things like that. It makes socializing via the internet very easy. But I also, at the same time, it, it brings pressure this day and age where everything is so accessible. And you can literally open a social media stream up, scroll through and hear three or four different opinions on the first steps that you should take to start losing body fat, improving your health, thinking about longevity of health and all of these other things. Before you've before you even finished scrolling, you may have gone to social media just to see what's been happening that day. And by the time you've finished scrolling, you've probably self-diagnosed yourself with a terminal illness. It's, and I see this on a regular basis. And the problem I have with it is, and it's not just social media, but it's the, it's the availability to all of this information that's out there with zero filter on what am I supposed to do with it to really help me move forwards? 
And I know for a fact there's, there's literally five staples that we use inside of Impact Health Club that set somebody else up to get healthy results to start moving them forwards. Your five staples, are, they've never changed. In the evolution of the human being, it has never changed. Is what we need is the bare basics. But all of the information, is, is I find, is what stops people from moving forwards. Working on the other side, in the whole practice, medical profession, and everything else, I obviously see the struggles that people go through day to day when they're trying to make decisions on when's the right time for me to start paying attention to my health. Always, never, never wait, always. But what I would say is, on the other side, how long do you find people are actually waiting before they go, oh, I really need to pay attention now. This has gone past the point of me being able to manage this, which is really the early onset of when somebody should be paying attention, but they've left it so long. What's on the other side of the fence? Like what's coming through on your side that you see? So somebody, example, they've maybe they've maybe sabotaged themselves for a long time. They've put diet out the window. They've just not moved around and they've kind of gone, well, you know, I've got all this information to access to information on my phone. I'll go and see the GP when it's too late. Now, all of a sudden, you're getting the phone call. What stage are you finding people coming through at now? Because I can only imagine that it's actually probably later on down the line than what it really needs to be. I mean, I think it's, it's again, that's a difficult one because that's generalising as well. Um, in general practice, we see patients with lots of chronic conditions. And I think when you're seeing people with chronic conditions, that means something's already gone wrong. Um, and I think that used to be the old model of healthcare. You've got an illness, let's treat the illness. We might be able to cure it. We might just be able to treat it. Um, certainly now, I think a lot of the focus is on preventative medication. So what, so all preventative measures. So it might be just lifestyle changes. It might be have a statin because that's going to reduce your risk of heart attack and stroke later on. So I think there's definitely been a change in healthcare and the shift is going from treating an illness to, to preventing an illness. But I would say probably the older generations are coming to us with their, their long-term conditions that we need to manage. Um, and I think probably the, the younger generations who have got access to the internet, things like that, they are also trying to be a bit more preventative, which I think is great. Um, and I think also going back to things like mental health, people are then coming to us quite early now with their mental health sort of journey. Um, and I think sometimes when you look at data and statistics, it can be quite skewed. So mm. if you look at the data now, it shows that a lot more younger people have mental health issues than they did say 20 years ago or when I was a child which is going back about 30 years ago now um but actually is that is that biased because are have we always had the same mental health issues but actually now people are coming up and actually saying it so it's being recorded in the data um or is it that actually suddenly we have got this um, epidemic of mental health and I think that's a difficult one um, I mean I think it'd probably be wrong to say life is harder now than it was say 40 50 60 years ago because you know my parents generation was certainly like the post-war generation so everything was scarce you know there weren't the luxuries we we go and have today I know my mum would never have imagined about going and getting a nails done or getting a facial or something like that which we might you know think about doing 
Um, so things were were more scarce, but I don't know if that made things a bit more simple. Mm. Um, you know, you didn't have so many things to worry about, so many um, competing um, issues. I think I think that's difficult. I think for for people today, there's so many options. So where do you start? Yeah, I think that is a huge one. It's where do I start at the beginning? I think most people, the confusion of where to start is the thing that holds them back from the when to start. Because one second it can be I'm focusing on better food. The next minute is, well, I'm not moving enough. Now I'm not sleeping enough. Now I'm not. Now I'm experiencing, let's call them the, the life stages of you know moving down that life timeline. There's all sorts that's constantly cropping up. And then you throw in there the social elements. You throw in their business or employment. You throw in their families. You throw, throw in their relationships. There's just so many pressures in this day and age that it removes the importance of why you should be looking after yourself to begin with. And I can be biased against this because you, know, you might look at this from somebody that's dropped into this podcast. We're close to maybe 150 episodes into this now. I've been doing, I mean, been in the health space now for over 12 years. I've written articles for the last eight, nine years. I'm now on the radio. It's like there's these multiple things that have been happening over the years. And I've seen the development of how people used to look after themselves in the last 10, 12 years and how they look after themselves now. And I would say back then it was an immediate. It was, I know I need to do something. And I think that was that, that older generation of that mentality that things were simple back then. We didn't have as much things to, as many things to distract us from what we need to do, how we're doing things, how we're living our life. But now we do. Now we have conflicting information. We before we would make a decision and say, well, you know, I've gained X amount of pounds because I've not been, I've not been paying attention to how I've been eating or I've not been moving enough, etc. This has impacted my health. Well, I know I need to go and do something about this. Immediate action was then taken because you know you needed to do something. Now it's, well, let me research like the best way to do this. Let me research the fastest way to do this. Are there anything, any, any supplements that can actually speed this process up? There is just this whole other avenue of where do I start with this? And I find that that's impacting the way that people make a decision for themselves. And I would say the simplest thing is to actually keep it as simple as possible. If you are where you are right now and something isn't going the way you want it to go, don't complicate matters. Don't go and look for more excuses or more reasons or more complications. Make it as simple as possible. What do you need to do? Move a bit more. What do you need to do with food? Eat a little bit better. Then start to look and make those things a bit more complex to fit your scenario in your lifestyle. I mean, I think even being a, um, a GP, you know, I know the basics. I know what to do. Um, but again, it can be difficult. I mean, for, for instance, I've tried to follow more of a plant-based diet recently, um, which is healthy. I didn't particularly have an unhealthy diet before, but I thought, you know, and then you start hearing things about carnival diets and all these different things. And they all make sense when you listen to somebody. And, you know, I follow people on social media and, you know, they all make sense individually. When you try and put all these different things together, it's really confusing. And where, where do you start? And actually, I think sometimes when you're feeling that overwhelm, it is actually, what do I need to do? Let's just make this as simple as possible. Obviously, eating more fruit and veg, um, eating, you know, calorie um, foods, that are, you know, less calorie dense and things like that. You know, the, that is that's eating healthily, isn't it? Um, you don't necessarily need to cut meat out of your diet to be healthy. 
Um, I think extremes of anything tend to be complicated. Um, uh, so I think actually sometimes just taking a bit of a bird's eye view, coming back out and going, actually, what are the fundamentals of a healthy diet? Probably not going to either extreme. Um, and I think, but again, it's complicated even for me as a, as a doctor, I find it complicated and I have to pull myself back sometime and go, what are you doing? Is that a bit faddy? Um, and I think we can all be um, pulled into that sometimes. I mean, that, that says it all. Somebody of the level of education that you have, to say that, how, how is general public with, they've not got any kind of degree in the sense of health, medical health or anything like that, yet they're still trying to make decisions based on all of this information that is, that is conflicting. Like you said there, one minute you can open a social media stream or you can listen to the news and it's about plant-based diets. And they all make sense when you hear them. And then in the same breath or in the, in the next conversation, you hear the, the arguments for meat-eating diets and why you should be eating meat and why you shouldn't be doing plant-based diets. And like you say, when there's somebody that's standing behind it with a level of education that fits the world that they would like the world to look like, it can become very convincing. But it doesn't mean that it fits you and your lifestyle. And I think this is something that I think this is something that I've been quite fortunate with over the years is I've done a bit, I, I, I was vegetarian when I was going through a lot of my um, qualifications many, many years ago now uh, with regards to, and it was just, it, it, I went vegetarian just simply because it was just something that I wanted to try at the time. I went back to eating meat afterwards. And I know for me, my lifestyle, I enjoy that part of my diet and I'm mindful with it. You rewind the clocks only seven or eight years ago, and you'd have people stressing about how much red meat you were eating and how bad red meat was for you. You cut red meat out, and now all of a sudden you're iron deficient. And it's like literally in the same breath, there's there's another problem that's on the back end of trying to create a healthy option. So if I make a healthy choice, now all of a sudden I'm creating another problem. So how do I solve that problem? And it's like, well, I better not change anything then. And I think one of the other things is, you know, there's a, a lot of um, doctors doing social media now as well in things like, you know, intermittent fasting. So that's something else. So, I mean, I get a lot of patients coming up to me going, oh, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And it can be difficult. So um, I've got friends that are vegan that are extremely healthy and they say that's helped their mental health. They say it's helped sort of hormonal levels. And I think anything like that, if if it feels right for you, and it's something that you can carry on and it fits into your lifestyle, that's great. Um, I think anything that you are restricting nutrients, you've got to be careful. Um, so vegan diets can be extremely healthy, but vegan diets can also be unhealthy as well. If you're going to go and get all the processed junk food and freezer food, it's going to be the same as a um, uh, you know, a regular diet with, you know, meat and, and vegetables and things. But I think uh, it's like anything, uh, just having the label as one thing or the other isn't necessarily healthy. And I think, you know, a healthy, balanced diet where you're getting your, uh, your nutrients from various sources, whether that's meat, whether it's not, whether you're doing some kind of um, intermittent fasting, um, I think what you've got to be able to do, I think if it's a fad and you can't sustain it, it's probably not for you. I've tried things like the intermittent fasting and I get grumpy, I get tummy pains. So I know that's not for me. Um, 
And I think it's, again, things like alcohol. I know if I don't drink alcohol um, for, say, a month, I did dry January, I feel so much better. Um, and I just think it's things that you can sustain. And that's what you need to focus back on when you sort of take the bigger picture interview. What can you do on a day to day? It doesn't matter what you can do for a month or a week. What is going to be sustainable, healthy, health wise over over your lifetime? Because if you're going to then sort of fall off the wagon and then have a, a terrible diet for, you know, three, three, four months and then get back into a health kick for another month. I don't think that's going to be good for sort of long term, term health. Fully agree. I've always said that longevity with health comes from something that you can sustain long term. You enjoy it. Whether that means if you feel like working out six days a week is just a punishment and it's not enjoyable, then don't work out six days a week. But if you can manage three to four days a week and you can give your all in those three to four days a week and you enjoy that, you can get the same results in three to four days if the effort levels are there. Same with nutrition. If you're going to choose a diet that sounds great because of whatever source you've pulled the information from just recently, you might feel great for the first couple of weeks. But then all of a sudden you're finding that you're binging on weekends or you're, you know, you're, you're actually still having the sneaky thing that's not supposed to be in the diet every now and again. The reality is, is that the diet doesn't fit the way that you want to be able to live your life. So creating that sustain, sustain, sustainability, words, creating that sustainability long-term, I think that is the key to any long-term health success in building the body that you would like to live in having the lifestyle that you would like to create and making sure that you can actually live the longevity of all of that by the efforts that you're able to commit to over a long period of time. And that can look and that is individual to every single person. That's not a one size that fits all. You have to make those choices and decisions for yourself. And then from there onwards, it's a case of, I know what works for me. Let's me focus on the bit that works for me. You don't have to conform to what the latest fad is or what you know your friends down in the your, your social circles talking about. Because I know that I'm a person that's listened to a lot of people over the years, and I see all of these different types of treatments cropping up all of the time. Some of them placebo effects. Some of them that just kind of give somebody the confidence to then take that step forward. But the reality is, is that if you're only going to do something that's giving you a placebo for the next two weeks and you can't continue on with that feeling that it's giving you, it was never there. It was never the fix to begin with. It was, you haven't found the thing that's going to help you move forwards. So I think, I think it's safe to say, if, we, if we're going to wrap this podcast up, is that health is, in my opinion, because this is, I might be biased, like I say, but in my opinion, health is individual to every single person but the reality of the world that we live in is you have to be you have to be self-aware enough to know what works for you and feel less pressured around this vast sea of this information we've got in front of us and just pick out the bits that work for you right now and don't worry about i need to be vegan vegetarian paleo whatever it is later on down the line for whatever other reasons choose the decisions that work for you right now that you feel you can wake up every single day and it doesn't feel like life needs to be lived in turmoil, chaos, and creates more problems than it does give solution. That's not what we're looking for. And I think just to kind of caveat on this, I know you as a person, I've known you for a while now, and I've seen the way that you've self-analyzed 
I've seen the way that you've progressed, you've developed, and the way you've started to place health as a priority in your lifestyle now, because you know how it impacts everything else. You are a ridiculously busy person. There is not a GP that I know, and I know a few, there's not a GP that I know that isn't a ridiculously busy person. Out of everybody, when you're putting so many other people's health first, it's easy to forget about yourself. So my last question to you is, in the time that I've known you, how do you feel that making those small step-by-step changes in your lifestyle, how have they helped you manage that busy lifestyle that you live day-to-day now with incorporating the things that you were missing out on before regarding your health? Um, I think definitely um, getting off that hamster wheel, okay? I think sometimes you've got to look at your life and and you have to think, is this what I want? Is it making me happy? Um, And, you know, there might be elements that are. Um, Sometimes you do need to slow down, um, take a bit of a, a step back and reassess, and I think that's important. So for me, I would say turning 40 was where I re- took a sort of a, a restock of things. Um, and that's where I think I pushed, pushed, pushed so hard before with multiple other things. And maybe my health, because I'd never had any problems with my health, um, didn't really make much difference whether I exercised or not, um, didn't seem as important. Other things seemed to be important. I could worry about my health later. Um, then I think I got to 40 and I thought, actually, no, if I don't have my health, it doesn't really matter about anything else. And I think I had that sort of light bulb moment. So I think for me, it was that sort of stock take that I took. Um, and actually, I reduced my hours at work a little bit so I could have that that time in that space to think about what I wanted to do. That gave me time to go to the gym. That gave me time to plan food. I mean, before I was waking up ridiculously early, getting, you know, a train to work or driving, you know, a really long commute, getting back at, you know, maybe after 10. So when you've got days like that, how can you look after yourself? How can you meal prep? How can you go to the gym? And actually at the weekends or when I had time off, I just wanted to sleep and rest or, you know, relax with a glass of wine and a book or something. Um, And I think actually now any decision that I make is more about looking at my future self. So I'm in my 40s now. How do I want to be in my 50s? Um, How do I want to be in my 60s? Um, So I think just thinking about your future self for me is um, I think that's how I live today. I do think about how do I want to be in, you know, 5, 10, 15 years time. And that's what I think now with healthcare is much more, um, as I said, it's we're not trying to sort of extinguish the flames, we're trying to stop the fire in the first place. So I think that's actually, that's spilled over into now how, how I treat patients. You know, let's not have a problem start in the first place rather than trying to sort the problem when it does start. Absolutely nailed it. I couldn't have said it any better. Um, it was a, It was a very similar scenario when I turned 40 and all of a sudden it was, I've always been aware of how I wanted to live life later on down the line. I've always said that one of my goals is to be the 60, 65, 70-year-old that's still lifting, moving, and doing things in the gym that's you know better than the 20-year-olds. Um, but you nailed it there. It was it's taking stock at that point in life where you say, Health, I've put health off 
but I know that what I've got coming up in front of me is going to require every aspect of good health for me to live the rest of my life. It's easy to sum this up. Do you want to work all of your life, get to that point of retirement and not be able to enjoy your retirement because you have no health? Or do you want to then do the things that you still can do in life, build on your health and get to enjoy that part of life that is for you specifically that you've worked your entire life for? That's something I want to leave with the listeners and viewers of the podcast as a message to walk away from this podcast with is it's not about the now. The now is what's going to give you the future. The future that you build is in every decision and action that you take right now. To have the best one that's available to you, start making decisions today that impact that future version of yourself, just like Dr. Jill said. Right. Thank you, Jill, for being here. Um, I appreciate everybody that's chimed in for this one as well. Um, Medfit episode coming up in a week or two's time. So make sure that you dial back in for that one, everybody. Other than that, have an awesome day. I'll speak to you in the next podcast. You take care. See you soon.